because we still have some things to learn about prayer, right? I'm, I'm just kind of thinking that that might be the case. So the title of the message this morning is, The Same God Still Willing. The Same God Still Willing. The thought came to my mind this past week, I wonder if people, and I, by people I mean us Christians in particular, uh, believe that we Christians today serve the same God as we read about in the Bible, and especially in the Old Testament. Do we really believe that we serve the same God? I mean, is this Bible that we read about all the things that God did, is that the same God that we serve today? Well, of course we know the answer to that is, of course. But we don't kind of see the things that God is busy doing sometimes, right? We kind of wonder, where is God? What's He doing? Man, that's great. I mean, it's kind of like when someone wins a lottery and you hear about it on the news, it's like, that's great for them. God's answering prayer, well, that's good for them, but I just don't see it myself. But I wonder sometimes if we forget that we serve the same God. So, when you think about it, I had some questions. Do we have the same God that created the universe with us here today? Okay. Do we have the same God that helped Moses deliver the children of Israel from Pharaoh's bondage? Do we have the same God that turned water to blood? Do we have the same God that brought frogs to fill the land? It's getting a little weaker here. Do we have the same God who brought pestilence and gnats and flies? Yes. Do we have the same God that caused a disease that livestock to kill off some of those herds in, in Pharaoh's day? Yeah. Do we have the same God that caused boils to come over mankind? Yeah. Do we have the same God who brought thunderstorm and hail and fire? Yeah. Do we have the same God that brought locusts to destroy the crops? Do we have the same God who brought darkness over the land for three days? Do we have the same God who brought death to the firstborn? I think we're so, so far we're on the same page, right? Why is it that we don't treat it the same? Well, that's just what God did in the Old Testament. That's just what God did back then. God's different today, right? I mean, we have a different God. I mean, well, wait, we can't have a different God, but he's doing different things today. That's not the... He, 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 well, why don't we see him doing things? Do we have the same God that rained manna from heaven? Do we have the same God that gave water from the rock? Some of you are like, I don't know about this one. Do we have the same God who rained down fire from heaven? Yes. Do we have the same God that parted the sea? Do we have the same God that raised the Shunammite widow's son? Do we have the same God that multiplied the widow's oil? Do we have the same God that healed Naaman of his leprosy? Do we have the same God that caused an axe head to float on the water? Huh? What? Yeah. Do we have the same God that spared three men cast into the fiery furnace? Do we have the same God that spared Daniel from the lions in the den? Do we have the same God that gave a child to a 93-year-old woman? Just to name a few, or should I just keep going? When I think about that, we have an awesome, powerful God. 
And if He is the same God, why don't we trust Him to do what only He can do? We say, well, Pastor, I am trusting Him. I am trusting Him. I mean, the bottom line is, I am trusting Him. But what are we trusting Him for? Are we trusting Him just to get through the day? Are we trusting Him to save us? So that we can go to heaven one day so we don't have to go to hell? What is it that Jesus means to us? And a relationship means, if He is the same God, why are we not treating Him the same? As though He's still that powerful today. Let's say, Pastor, you just don't know what goes on in my own house. You don't see how I pray. You're right, I don't. But I'm wondering if in many churches across America, maybe even in our own church, if apathy hasn't set in. Because remember, we've talked about the idea of, well, everything's good. Everything's good. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, things could be better, but things could be worse, but things are just good. I mean, after all, I mean, our car works decent, payments are made, job's okay, things are just good. And we don't truly spend time in prayer as we ought. And I just want to put this out there. How great is your faith in trusting God to do what only He can do? There are certain things that only God can do. For some of us, it may be that healing that we need. You need a touch from God to bring healing. For some of you, it may be a stress a frustration, anxiety. But you've tried everything else and nothing else is working. And you need God to touch your life. For some of you, it may be a financial need. Picture has changed. And what used to be isn't the case today. But you need God to touch that circumstance. Maybe it's just grace to have the right attitude. Because you know your attitude stinks. And people around you know it stinks. But ah, it just is what it is. You need God to touch that. And you know it's not right. Or maybe for some of you, it's like there's some circumstances with relationships that ain't right. And you need God to bring forgiveness because in your flesh you don't want to. But God has to do it. And those are the things that we kind of just, eh, Just kind of dismiss it in our minds. Kind of pretend it's not there because if I pretend it's not there and I don't dwell on it, well, maybe it won't exist. But it does. And it's not going away. It's not getting better because we don't really believe it's going to. We read about all the things, and we just read a minuscule amount of some of the things that God has done. And yet we don't trust Him for the day-to-day. We pray once or twice and, well, it didn't. I didn't perceive an answer right away, so I quit praying and move on to item number two, three, four. When will we get to the point of losing our apathy as believers? You know what the word apathy means? It comes from a Greek word, apatheo, which means not convinced. When I'm not convinced of what God is able to do and what God is going to do, apathy creeps in. And when apathy creeps in, the next thing that comes in line is bitterness. 
because God's not doing what I want him to do. And therefore, I'm just going to forget all about it. Let's deal with the apathy and just get back to the place where we realize that God is more powerful than we believe. What are we not convinced of? That God is able or that God is going to not do it? You see, I can ask every one of us in this entire congregation, one-on-one, do you believe that there's anything God can't do? And the answer would be what? No. I mean, because we know factually, we know in our brain, we believe this book, yeah, God can do it all. But what do we practically believe he will do? I don't know about you, but I've seen God do enough things in the last six months that God has increased my faith. That God has stretched me in that area of saying, God, you're in control. You can do this. I mean, I'm just telling you, God has done some incredible things in the last six months. In the last six days. I'm just telling you. It's been phenomenal. And I say, God does that for us. Why? Because he loves us. He cares for us. He wants what's best for us. Right? You believe that? He really does want what's best for us. It's just the problem is that sometimes we think what's best for us is better than what God thinks is best for us. And we want what we want rather than what God wants for us. And we want it now. That's me. That's my flesh. I want it what I want now because I think I know what I need and want. And God is saying, just hold on. I got something better for you. Just chill out a little bit. Just wait. Let me give you three verses. The first one is in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6. Malachi 3 verse 6 says this. Because I, Yahweh, have not changed. You descendants of Jacob have not been destroyed. What's the phrase there? He says, I have not changed. The same God that we read about in the Old Testament is the same God that is alive and real in our lives today. He's not changed. Do we really believe that? He's not changed. How about Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. What's the phrase? Jesus Christ has not changed. God is still on the throne. He still knows what still knows what he's doing. He still has a plan for our lives. It's the same God. And just because we haven't seen fire come down from heaven lately, I mean, if you have, anybody seen that? Anybody seen any burning bushes that haven't been consumed? Yeah, and if you did, you probably wouldn't say anything because you don't want to think anybody think you're cuckoo, right? I mean, gonna keep that to yourself. Even if you have seen Bigfoot. You're not telling anybody. There's certain things that we just hold in. I don't see the result of it, so it may not be true. And it absolutely is. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Do you not know, have you not heard, Yahweh is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth, He never grows faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. What does that teach us? say, well, Pastor, this is really basic. Yeah, it really is. It's like so basic anybody could understand it. 
but do we really believe it? That Jesus Christ wants the best for us, not only in salvation, but in our daily life. He never grows faint or weary. There's no limit to his understanding. You know what that means? He knows everything. And if God knows the very number of hairs upon our head, doesn't he know what we're struggling with? What it is that distracts us? What it is that keeps us from being fully committed and following Jesus Christ? What gets in the way, what hinders, what distracts us from doing what God wants us to do? For some of us, it has been such a long time. It has been such a long time that you've seen God do something in your life. Maybe you don't, maybe you haven't lost trust. You haven't lost faith, but you're just in coast mode because you haven't seen God do anything. Oh, you hear about it over here and over there, and you know, pastor's been talking about it over here, but you haven't seen it personally. And you're just in coast mode. He never grows faint or weary. There's no limits to his understanding. He knows everything. We serve the same God who did all these miracles and more. Our God has not changed. So what should be our mindset in light of who God is? What should we do? Pray. Pray. So, well, Pastor, I do pray. I pray every morning when I get up. I take five minutes and pray for the day. Wonderful. Wonderful. Don't stop. Well, Pastor, I pray every time I hear something. Great, don't stop. But pray with faith, believing, expecting God to do something. I was a little bit rebuked this week. I'm just going to be honest with you. I asked somebody to pray for something. And uh, I have to be honest with you. I didn't really fully expect it. What have I been preaching the last several weeks? Hebrews 11. They that come to God must believe that He exists and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And I said, no Hail Mary prayers. And the bottom line is, if you're going to pray, you better pray with expectation, having faith, and trusting God that he's going to answer. But with this specific prayer, I'm like, eh, you know, just going to Hail Mary it. God answered the prayer. And then what followed, what was really amazing to me, and I'll tell you about the prayer later. I just want you to get the concept. I said, well, it's it's okay. It's it's bottom line, it's uh it's it's better than it was and you know, it's just, you know, and I asked him to keep praying for the same thing. Keep praying for it. And the response came back was, well, I'd have to keep praying for it. God did it. Yeah, you're right. God did it. God did it. But you see, it was just a temporary one. I need, the, I need the, the full prayer request answered. God answered it. How often do we do that? If you have faith of a mustard seed, and you say that mountain be thou removed, and you say, ain't nobody got that kind of faith. Boom, gone. I wonder sometimes if we don't, 
have enough faith in a lot of things. Because that's not a typical request. You see, this one's a little bit more difficult than the others. Because God's never seen that one before. I don't know about you, but there is no prayer request that has ever heard, got to God's ears that he hadn't heard, I don't think. I mean, I just have to imagine after millions of years, well, no, I'm not an evolutionist, but in eternity past to the present, in 8,000 years of existence of mankind, I can't believe that there's a new request that God hasn't heard yet. But more than that, that he's not aware of the need. He knows. But this one, this one's difficult. You don't understand. It's only difficult when we put limitations on God. And when we don't have faith and don't trust that God's going to work. Or when we don't get the answer in the form that we want it. Then it becomes difficult. What should be our mindset in light of who God is? Pray. James chapter 4, verse 2. He simply says this, You desire and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight in war. Here's the phrase. You do not have because you do not ask. Apatheo. I'm really not convinced he's going to do it, so why waste my breath? Apathy sets in. Do not have because you do not ask. How many? Let's be honest. Don't. Don't say, oh, me, 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 me. But how many of us, be honest, don't ask for certain things because we really don't think God is really either A, interested, or B, I haven't seen him do something in the past, or C, uh, don't really think anything's going to change, or whatever, fill in the blank. How many times have we simply made a decision to not worry about it, to not ask, to not bring it before the throne of God? Because this is, well... He's not interested in this. The difficult relationships, the anxieties that we face, the unforeseen future that we struggle with. But we really don't bring it to God. Eh, he's not interested in this one. How about Philippians chapter 4? Philippians 4 and verse 6. He says, don't worry about anything. What what does anything mean? What? Anything. How many of us worry about something? (laughs) Two hands and a foot. We worry. But yet, he tells us not to. He says, but in everything, through prayer and petition or thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Are we faithful and obedient to do that? Or do we just kind of, eh, don't worry about this one. I mean, this relationship issue is too difficult. This financial situation is too, too hard. This illness, uh, everyone knows it. When you get to this point, it's done. I mean, God just knows that, right? I mean, why bother? Hail Mary once in a while. Maybe he'll get it. Maybe he won't. Maybe it'll get answered. Maybe it won't. Oh, well. But he says, don't worry about anything. 
But in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So I ask the question again. How many of us are guilty of not even asking? Because we don't think anything's going to change. Let's go to the third one. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews 4 and verse 16. He says, Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with... What's the word? Boldness. I mean, he tells us, come before me boldly. Be bold about it. God, I'm going to let you know, this is what I'm thinking. God, you have the right to change it, but I'm coming before you. He tells us to. Why don't we? So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us at the proper time. You see, there's, there is a phrase that qualifies that, proper time. And that's where it requires on our part, surrender. Surrender. God, this is what I'm asking, but God, I'm asking, you know what's best. You know what's best. And I'm giving it to you. And then one last verse. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 You know the verse. Pray constantly. Pray without ceasing, your translations may say. Pray all the time. I mean, in the grocery store? Mm-hmm. In the bathroom? Mm-hmm. When you're ready to get up in the morning? Mm-hmm. When you're going through the day and you got to make a decision? Mm-hmm. Be in that state of prayer constantly. That you can simply say, Lord, you know my heart. You know what's on my mind. Would you help me? I have a decision to make. I need your wisdom. I need your direction. Lord, I can't focus this week. I need your help to focus. And I hope we all get that verse memorized before this series is over in the next three years. Okay, maybe not three years. But Hebrews 11, 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Verse 1. And they that come to God must believe that He exists and that He what? Rewards those that how? Diligently seek Him. I want us all to memorize that. If you believe in God, if you believe that He's there listening to your prayers, then believe that He's going to answer. And be ready to accept the answer He gives. Maybe yes. Maybe no. It may be wait. But he's going to answer. But it requires faith and patience on our part. It requires surrender on our part. I want to close the service a little bit different this morning as maybe I do that from time to time. I know I'm guilty of that. But I'd like for us just to spend some time in prayer this morning. A couple weeks ago I gave us a pattern. Pray. Praise. Repent, ask, yield. So what I'm going to ask this morning as we close is I have four volunteers to pray with us as a church. So somebody that would remember just to praise God for a couple things this morning. Could I have a volunteer? Somebody that would be willing to praise the Lord for some things?
Betty, to remember to praise the Lord. And then the R, to repent as a church, as a nation, for not doing the things that God has asked us to do, for not being faithful in all the areas, for not being obedient in some of the areas that God has asked us to be obedient in. Who would like to ask God for forgiveness and as a church, as a nation, to repent? Anyone that? Jim, Pastor Jim, appreciate that. And then ask. And we often say that the spiritual needs are greater than the physical needs. Is that still true? Our greatest needs are spiritual, not physical. So if I could have one volunteer to say, Lord, work in our hearts spiritually that we might begin to draw close to you, that you would increase our faith, that you would begin to see your hand at work in our lives. Somebody to ask God to work in our church, church members' lives spiritually. Thank you back here, uh, Sherry. That'd be great. And then why is the yield? And just, Lord, give us the patience to wait. Give us the sermon to see how you're going to work. Help us be patient, Jen. So we're going to do that right now. And uh, 